I don't know how else to say, but like we are all baby. Uh as <laughs> like <laughs> as as just like writers, as like poets or whatever, because we haven't been doing this for very long. Hello and welcome to The Ramblings, a podcast for and by English majors. This week we sit down with Becca Lewis and Connor Broderick to talk about why they chose the English major route and their advice, hopes, and fears about the capstone process. Hello, my name is Teddy Holt. I am a junior English major, a bass in the Callister's Concert Choir, and I am also desperately in love with Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks. I work in the English department on The Ramblings, the podcast you're listening to right now. This week, I have um, two of my very dear friends as guests, Connor Broderick and Becca Lewis. Um, if either of you would like to introduce yourself, go ahead. Uh, cool. I guess I can take that first. Uh, this is Connor speaking. Uh, I am a senior uh, English and chemistry double major. And some of the things that I do at McAllister, aside from that, is I'm one of the seniors on the improv team uh, at the college, Fresh Concepts. And I do research in the laboratory of Dennis Cow, working on organic materials along with my writing career, which I guess we're mostly going to be talking about here. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Awesome. Uh, hi, my name is Becca Lewis. I am a senior creative writing major and psychology minor. Um, I am an alto with McAllister's Concert Choir, and I like to cook to the Ratatouille soundtrack. Wow. That's inspired. I want to try that sometime, actually. <laughs> you should. I highly, highly recommend it. Do you also just have a small rat that is controlling your cooking, or is it just to, like, feel sort of a little more um, like Remy? I, I can't answer that. That's classified, Connor. Stop now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of The Ramblings. I... I want to talk to you, I think, a lot about creative writing today because, um, as I said, you're both my dear friends, and I have interacted with both of you a lot in the context of creative writing. Um, Becca, we had a class with Marlon, his, his fantasy class together, and Connor, I mean, we just, we just like that. Um, we just swap stuff all the time, which is lovely. What does being a creative writing major mean to you, and maybe why is that the major that you chose? Yeah, so I I actually have kind of a funny story as to how I came to become an English major. Um, so I, both of you guys know this, but um, I was originally a psych major and then declared an English minor. And then the first semester of my junior year, I decided to switch them. <laughs> so now English is my major and psych is my minor. Um, yeah, but being an English major since I made the switch has just been really wonderful. And I, I'm someone who has always liked telling stories, writing stories. And now that I get to do that for my degree, it's just amazing. And yeah, it's, it's like, you know, just being required to do the thing that you would want to do in your free time anyway. I mean, you can't really get a better deal than that. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd echo a lot of what Becca said. I had a somewhat different trajectory coming into the major. I <laughs> knew coming into college that I wanted to double major in the things that I was doing. Um, 
so yeah, I was also sort of somebody who just read a lot when I was um like all through like elementary, high school, etc. Um, I didn't actually ever write anything until like my junior year of high school. Uh, and then I was like, oh, this is a thing you can do. Uh, <laughs> just like writ large. So in terms of what being a creative writing major actually means to me, I think a lot of it is what Becca said. It's just like a sanctioned space to do the thing that like I would probably be doing anyways and just having that be part of my academic calendar is really helpful. And like, along with that, just having access to like faculty who have been doing this way longer than any of us have um, is a really, really great way to sort of get a leg up in terms of just like the craft of the work we're doing. Cause I think there can be sort of a thing where it's just like, you can just go and check out a book and read it and be like, oh, I can attempt to imitate this or um, like listen to a bunch of podcasts with writers uh, with sort of like craft tips and stuff. But there there is definitely something about like sitting down in a class with the same like 16 people and the same professor who is like. And you're all working together to make the work that you do like better and more interesting that makes this specific um, portion of the degree a really, a really valuable one for me. Oh, yeah, I love that. I mean, it's the English department is like a little community. And especially when you're workshopping pieces, like classes really start to feel like cohesive units um, in a way that is special, I think, to the English degree. Um, Although you can get that in other classes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about what you're saying about faculty and agreeing. And then I was thinking about um, last last week's episode with Eric and Amy and um, how we just talked a lot about Matt Burgess. Now I'm curious, what is like a favorite memory of an English department professor that you have? I gotta say, it's also Matt Burgess. Um, (laughs) I mean, I don't know what to tell you. The guy's just really cool. (laughs) Um, One of my favorite moments with Matt that I will frequently tell people about while I'm recommending him or just if I'm deciding to slightly embarrass myself is um, I one time wrote just like a writing exercise assignment for him that was due the next day and this was in his international storytelling class which I took a year ago Um, amazing amazing class I could not recommend it enough but we had these little writing exercises that were low stakes and um I wrote one, hit submit on Moodle, and then 15 minutes later decided that it was the worst thing I had ever written and was like, oh my God, I shouldn't have sent this in. This is garbage. And again, this assignment really did not have any real weight to it. There was no grade. It was just to do. And that whole night, I just, I couldn't sleep. I was thinking about it for no reason. It was just like, oh my God. And then the next day, I went to his class, felt gross in class all day, immediately after was like, hi, I need to go to your office hours. And then I sat in his office and just kind of word vomited stress at him for like five minutes straight, 12 hours worth of stress, just bam. And he looks me dead in the eyes and he goes, so? And I just, I melted onto the floor of his office. (laughs) And the thing is, he was right. It was 
I don't want to say it's the best advice I've ever gotten from a professor because I don't know if it's advice, but like, yeah, so what, you know? <laughs> I just heart reacted to that on Zoom. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's so, yeah. But no, in, in all, Matt, in Matt all seriousness, <laughs> he's wonderful. Connor, what about you? Yeah, I think for me... It's sort of hard to pick. I guess I will also stick with creative writing faculty for now because that's the vibe of the episode. Um, I basically, as Teddy said at the beginning, I mostly write poetry now, but that definitely wasn't the case. Um, honestly, even just like a year and a half ago, uh, the entire reason that I like mostly write poetry now is because I took a class with uh, Michael Pryor, uh, who's a really, really wonderful poet in the department. And I, due to just a weird series of events with how my major worked um, and my double majors interacted, I ended up having to take the creative writing capstone as a junior with Michael. And I had never taken like a sanctioned poetry class in college. Um, and the capstone was you write a chat book of poetry and a chat book is like a short, generally like 15 to 25 pages um, worth of just like poetry in like a themed collection essentially uh, and so I met with Michael like before the class had even started and I was like hey I don't really know what I'm doing um, in this <laughs> form um, and I was like very stressed because I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to keep up with folks who'd had like a year more experience with me and obviously like years more of experience writing um, poetry we basically just like talked about some poetry that I'd previously read and like what my interests in terms of writing were, um, which are like, in my case, a lot about um, like nature writing and class and how like science and poetics intersect. And he gave me like three recommendations for different <laughs> things to read. One of which is, uh, I cannot remember the, oh yeah, that's it. And he gave me an essay called uh, Fractal Poetics, Adaptation and Complexity by Alice Fulton. Poetry works as like a structure to access information that you can't in prose. And it was just like the perfect essay for the time and like place I was in, in terms of writing poetry. And that has always been my experience um, going to Professor Pryor's office hours. Um, it's basically like, I am in trouble and I don't know what to do. And then I go and I talk to him for like 30 minutes about what the craft problem is or like what issue I'm having getting started writing. Um, and he's like, oh, here are like four other poets doing the exact same thing. And also here's an essay if you'd like to read it. And I'm like, thanks, Michael. And it almost invariably like helps me get out of like the rut that I'm in. Um, and that's really what I mean about like the advantage of having a professor who's been doing this for such a long time. I don't know how else to say, but like, we are all baby uh, as like, <laughs> as, as just like writers, as like poets or whatever, because we haven't been doing this for very long. And like, just like assuming that we don't have to reinvent the wheel every time and just like go to office hours and be like, hey, I have this problem. Um, and that's just been sort of the defining feature of interacting with faculty is feeling like I have an insurmountable issue with my work and then talking to them and realizing it is deeply surmountable. <laughs> we are all baby. i love that we are all baby i want that on a shirt we are all baby well connor i loved that 
uh, anecdote. And <laughs> I remember when you were in his capstone, and I remember going to his office hours and knowing that you were stressing out and like, like not so suddenly like building you up a little, being like, "Wow, Connor's really excited. I love his poetry. He's a great poet." <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> That's so nice. And, um, but hey, you, you proved me right. So, why creative writing? Um, what interests you about creative writing? What interests you in like? What do you like to write about? What are you? What are you fascinated with? What are you obsessed with? What do you just keep keep writing? And you can't stop writing every time. I think as cheesy as it might sound, I think I've been writing stories in some way or or ugh, in some way or another um, for most of my life. Um, when I was a kid, I used to. Um, do either of you know what a magna doodle is? It's like. No? Okay, you guys are both giving me confused faces. I'll just explain it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's this little magnetic sort of whiteboard looking thing. And there's a magnetic pen and you can draw on the screen. And then there's a little slider at the bottom that you can use to erase all the marks you make. So essentially, it's a reusable thing you can write on, draw on, whatever. Um, and when I was a kid, I used to sit on the floor with this thing for hours on end and just draw like one frame at a time and just make stories and I would draw stick figures so I would draw like a person walking to the left and then erase and then the next frame would be the person getting to a building and then erase the next one they're opening the door and just sit there for hours to the point where my mom would be like oh my god go outside watch tv do something else um but yeah I think that this year especially, I've been going back to that in my mind for whatever reason. And it I like to think of that as my little humble beginning of writing stories. Um, but even later on in later elementary school and middle school, I would write stories for fun when I got home from school. And, you know, it was always something that I did in my free time. And I never really considered the fact that I could do it um, in a more professional way way or setting. So choosing this as my major, especially later on in the game in college was really exciting to me. And it was just kind of a way to like, <laughs> to, to pay homage to that. And um, yeah, really just do what I love. But um, to answer the second part of your question, I primarily write speculative fiction, uh, speculative short fiction is what I've done the most in college. And it's become my favorite thing to do. Um, I do experiment with poetry here and there um, and I really love doing it. But for the most part, fiction is my thing. Um, I love magical realism. I think it's amazing. I love reading it. I love writing it. I think it's great. Or the thing that I guess I'm obsessed with in writing or one of the things, I might have a couple if that's okay. I love writing a story in which everything is realistic, except for like one thing that's just super weird. So for example, uh, one of my favorite stories I've ever written, everything is standard, normal, realistic. Um, it takes place in the late, or sorry, the, um, the early 80s. So I actually did a lot of research uh, for accuracy in terms of like brands of cars, uh, products that were out, bands that were popular. But then there's a supernatural weather phenomenon where you have rocks falling out of the sky. 
So I just, yeah, that's my favorite thing to do. And that's actually a nice segue into another one of my fascinations and giant air quotes that I <laughs> discovered by accident. Um, I love rocks. Um, stories <laughs> 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 have yes. rocks in them, and it's completely unintentional. So I have this story where rocks fall out of the sky. I have a story that I wrote, um, I believe, for the same class back in 2018 with Professor Emma Turge, who I'm actually in a class with now. And this story, there's a boy who finds a sort of magical-ish stone in the bottom of a river, so another rock. Um, and that becomes very important later on in the story. Uh, and then my most recent story that I wrote for Marlin in the class that I was in with you, Teddy, was a story in which there's this monster at the bottom of a gorge and he picks up a big rock, what a surprise, and throws it at a human to get their attention. Um, and I actually got a comment from Marlon James being like, really, question mark, at the size of the rock because he thought it was too big. So uh, yeah, I love rocks, I guess. <laughs> that makes the uh, former geology major in me very happy. <laughs> I'm um, really glad. <laughs> I, I recently actually just, I have to share this, this is not related to English from it, but I went to Ulrich recently and stole some rocks out of where the geology students dumped the rocks underneath Ulrich. Um, and now they're holding all of my children's books on my mantle in my house. <laughs> um, Connor, how about you? I think I've, as I used to be like my two, I'm doing my two majors for separate reasons. I do chemistry for chemistry and creative writing for creative writing. And they don't, they don't touch. Um, but I have really been realizing a lot of it is um, like, they're both ways sort of at the base of it to like understand more about how like the world around me works um at least for me personally like chemical research is a very like specific and particular way to like understand like a lot about like one like very specific molecule etc etc but a big reason i write like poetry or prose a lot of the time is to like figure out how to represent things that I'm interested in, whether that's like a landscape or an emotion, um, et cetera, as just like a way sort of towards like understanding more about like what I'm thinking, because a lot of the time, if it's just sort of like vibes inside my head, I can't actually like articulate that in a specific way. And just sort of working through that um, on the page is like a really enjoyable way for me to be like how how or why is this like experience working for me um or how or why does like this like i don't know um specific portion of like california like why is this stuck in my head um just like a way of writing like toward understanding i guess is like a big reason why i do it um also i just think writing is fun uh it's nice to string words together and then if they sound nice you're like hey that's that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm a big fan of that. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like it's always been something that I have sort of wanted to do. And I think I am one of those people who was like a reader before I was a writer and the experience of reading things and how much that impacted me has always been something that I am hopeful I will be able to do with my own writing. Um, whether I can actually do that is sort of up for the people reading my work. Um, so big shrug there. But that is sort of the core of why I'm interested in writing is like 
as a way to understand like the way I perceive things, the world around me, and then also because words are just cool and it's fun to play with them. Yeah, in terms of obsessions or fascinations, the biggest one, and this is just sort of deeply cliche, I grew up in uh, the foothills of the Sierra Nevada Mountains in uh, inland Northern California. Uh, the town I grew up in is like very small. It's like about 5,000 people um, an hour or so east and south of Sacramento, which is the, the capital. Um, and especially in the poetry that I've written, I am like really deeply obsessed and interested in the ways that nature works in that particular landscape, because where I'm from in California was sort of like the hotbed of the gold rush. Um, Sutter Creek, which is where I went to high school, is one of the first places that like gold was discovered in a substantial way in um, the Sierra Nevada foothills. So my community writ large is like based in large part on these old mining towns. And you see sort of evidence of that in the hills and in like these old, like rusted out, um, like mining equipment. I mean, where I live basically from my house, you can see the, the tower of, uh, the Kennedy mine shaft, which was a mine that produced gold from like the late 1800s up until like the 1950s or so. Um, in like a land trust where I often go hiking, like right behind my house, um, there's like an old like munitions container uh, with like danger, like TNT written on it. That's just like this sort of like concrete shack. And thinking about the ways that like this landscape, which sort of to somebody who is coming to it for the first time is like beautiful and pristine and like stereotypically like rural, but is actually like really, really substantially impacted and shaped by this particular human activity um, is something I've been thinking about a lot is like, how do I interface with the fact that like, this is the section of nature that I know the most and know the best, but it is simultaneously something that has been like really heavily damaged by human activity um, and the way that that intersects with like class in my particular part of California. Um, are just ideas that bounce around in my head a lot. Um, just like the intersections of nature and human activity and um, like what that means for existing as a person in a place, which in practice means I write a lot about landscapes and trees and frogs and <laughs> shit like that, basically. <laughs> um, I mean, Teddy can attest because I think that he may have read the vast majority of the poems that I've written. Yeah, uh, a lot, a lot of stuff about nature and how to live in it as a person. Nature vibes. Got some rocks and twigs and stuff going on here <laughs> in the <our> writing. <laughs> well, that's why I'm such good friends with both of you, because I think that's also one of my fascinations in writing. Because, you know, nature is just something that is so present in everyone's life, no matter how actually connected to nature you are like if, it, if it's not there that, that's a presence too and I, I just think that some of the best poetry and some of the best prose writing is on nature but maybe that's just me i'm gonna ask you one last question uh or i guess sort of open the floor for more questions becca who you are taking your capstone next module correct yes 
Um, okay, I am I'm in a capstone right now, but I'm not the expert here. Connor is kind of the expert. Um, as we heard earlier, he has already taken his creative writing capstone for his major, but he's also at the same time um, as me right now taking the literature capstone for a time period requirement. Um, <laughs> LOL. Uh, <laughs> Connor, do you have any advice for Becca um, in terms of creative writing capstones or doing a capstone during a module, anything like that? Yeah, hit me. Yeah, I think, I guess I'll take doing a creative writing capstone in general as the first one because I'm still in the process of figuring out how to do a capstone during a module. Um, but the other one I have maybe some more concrete answers for. Um, and this might be a little different for you, Becca, because from what I understand, you'll be in like a projects course where you get to pick specifically what genre you're working in, whereas the class that I was in was specifically on chapbooks and poetry. They often feel more like work among peers than the the sort of typical vibe of like you are working for a professor. Like because everybody is working on their own specific projects that are so independently driven, it feels a lot more like you are coming to the class as like sort of the expert in the topic that you're working on because it is your project and you are like leading the way in terms of its direction. And something I had to realize is that like one of my 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 good friends in the capstone uh, that I was with is an incredibly prolific writer. I think she probably had like two or three chapbooks worth of poems um, by the end of it. Um, there were other folks who were like also writing a, a ton of stuff. And the way that I work, especially with poetry, is relatively slowly. I think every single poem I wrote in that capstone class ended up in the chat book because otherwise I would not have had a chat book uh, by the <laughs> end of it because I only wrote enough to sort of satisfy that. So because you're in a class where like all of your peers are also going to be sort of producing really substantial work, um, it's easy, at least for me, to sort of get bogged down and being like, why am I not being as productive as everybody else? Like, what if my project like isn't as interesting or like isn't sort of as valuable as the stuff that everyone else is doing um, was something that I was like very stressed about, particularly around how much, just like how much poetry I was outputting because it wasn't very much a lot of the time. And just realizing that a capstone is like, A, you're still there to learn. Like we're still in school. It's not like you're trying to get something that is like inherently and directly publishable by the time you're done. And just sort of approaching it as a way to learn more about how you function doing an independent project that you were driving yourself. Because once yeah. we are sort of like out of school, most of the time we're not going to have like necessarily prompts to respond to or like direct deadlines that we're working under. So approaching it as a way to like learn more about how you work best to like learn about what like those fashion fascinations and obsessions are and like center mm -hmm. those in the projects that you're doing. Because yeah. I couldn't have worked for 15 weeks on a project that I was like only half interested in because that would have sucked. Right. And it also would have been a worse project. So to like wrap that up, it's like, don't feel bad if your work like methods are different than the people around you, um, especially if you're yeah. like less prolific, because that will just make you feel bad. And then don't feel embarrassed to bring the things you're obsessed with to the capstone. It doesn't need yeah. to be like fancy literary stuff or like something that you think other people will think are cool it's a project at its core for for you to do um right. and if you're doing it for someone else then it could be a little rough to work on it 15 weeks in or seven and a half depending on yeah 
just like going back to one thing that you said, that feeling of, am I producing work that's as, uh, as good as other people's work? Or am I producing as much work as other people's? I think, you know, being someone who hasn't been in a capstone yet, um, but has been in so many workshop based classes. And I think that imposter syndrome is really real as a writer, just to see people writing around you, and especially in a workshop to, you know, sometimes you write things and you, you know, drag yourself to workshop, and maybe you're not really feeling what you're writing. And, you know, you end up getting to discuss someone else's work and you're like wow this is really good am I am I writing things that are this good and as weird as that can be sometimes I think that's one of the coolest things about doing creative writing in a group setting like that because everybody's stuff is so different so it's really difficult at the end of the day to be like oh yeah this is at this level and this is at this level and I think going into the capstone I'm really excited to be taking a class that will allow me to choose what form and genre I'm working in. Um, I'm really lucky in that. Uh, I think um, I think right now I'm going to be doing fiction, um, but you know that could change. I don't know, but uh, that is that is the plan at the moment to do sort of a novella length uh, fiction project which I'm excited about, but you know, it's also daunting. I've never written anything that long before. And one of the things you said, Connor, about <laughs> going in and reminding yourself that it doesn't have to be quote unquote fancy literature stuff <laughs> is a really good point. And I definitely think there will be points in this class where I need to <laughs> remind myself of that. And I may or may not <laughs> text you at an ungodly hour and be like, hey, is it okay if I don't do fancy literature stuff? And um, I will expect you to say, yes, it's fine if you don't. And if you say, no, it's not fine, um, I will use this podcast as receipt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that like, I don't know, that's something that I've had to learn. Um, just like being in all these workshops, because that feeling of coming to workshop and being like, I just am not really feeling what I'm writing and I don't totally know why. Um, and sort of like knowing there's that weird malaise of like, why is this thing not working for me? Um, and I think that like, I felt that really acutely sort of for the first two or so years of being in workshops and doing creative writing related stuff back when I was still writing mostly prose. And again, I am baby. So this is like a sort of a weird retrospective thing to be saying, but that feeling of like, there is a way that I think I, I like should be a writer or I should be somebody who writes. And it's like, for me, it's like, I'm writing sort of like literary inflected, like speculative fiction is the thing that I think somebody like me should be writing. Or like I am writing like this particular type of poetry that I think somebody in my position should be writing and I'm going to like get some stuff published in like a literary magazine and then maybe I'll be able to do um, some stuff along those lines. And I think taking the capstone with um, with Michael ended up really letting me see like the different like equally valuable and valid ways to be somebody who writes things. Um, and for me, it was being like, I don't need to like sort of outwardly specifically care about whether I am writing the things that I should, because if I am only doing the 
the like writing that I think I should that will like at some point get me like published somewhere. I will just start to hate this thing that I really care about. And I've been trying to move toward being like, what are the things that I'm specifically interested in? I can't remember who wrote this, but there's a quote that's been bouncing around in my head where it's like, like nonfiction is like only really successful if like the writer is, has a specific question they want to answer in that piece. Um, And I think that can be applied equally to poetry or to fiction is just like, what are the questions that I want to answer in my writing? So I'm not just like sort of writing for writing's sake, I guess. Um, And sometimes it's the stuff that obsesses me. Sometimes it's like more particular, but just becoming like getting to a point where I'm like, I am writing because I want to, because I care about these questions instead of just focusing um, on that. Yeah. I am so sad to say that we are at the end of our time here. Um, But if there's any sort of last things you want to share with our listeners, um, feel free to now. One thing that I'll just say, and I guess, you know, this might seem a bit cliche, but I would really recommend choosing English department, whether for a major or a minor, or just, you know, taking some classes and seeing what sticks. I'm a really, really strong believer in in the idea that anybody can do creative writing and in whatever capacity that is, it doesn't have to be for a class or for a professor to see a workshop or anything like that. It could just be for you. But I would really advise people to just take an intro class and see what happens. I've known lots of people that have kind of push creative writing to the side because it's never something they could see themselves doing or maybe they're intimidated by it or you know they've tried it before and haven't really had any luck but then have taken an intro class and have been like oh yeah this kind of feels like something I would enjoy and whether or not that leads to taking more classes or maybe it just leads to someone starts reading more books or just writes things in their free time and never shows it to anyone but gets some personal meaning out of it I think that's it's a huge thing in my life obviously because I'm in the English department (laughs) but um I think it's just a really a really cool thing that more people should do I guess is my little cherry on top of of the podcast episode (laughs) be in the English department do it it's great Yeah, I'd really echo everything that Becca just said. And I think that's just like fantastic advice for people who are maybe like writing skeptical or English department skeptical. Um, Try it. What's the worst that could happen? Um, You could end up just like us. (laughs) We turned out great. Yeah, we're doing so well. Um, (laughs) In terms of like parting stuff on my end, um, I might go toward like, first like first years or people who are listening to this considering whether to apply to McAllister uh if you're obsessed with writing already or like you know you sort of like want to do writing um just like reminding yourself that like you've got you've got time (laughs) um and like I think there's a weird thing with people who like start writing in high school or in college where you like hear stories about people who have like gotten like book deals or like gotten published in literary magazines by the time they're like sophomores or whatever. 
Um, and then being like, well, why have I not gotten that? Oh, woe is me. Does this mean I've made like the wrong career choice or the wrong like decision <laughs> in terms of being somebody who like wants to write things? Um, and I think it's just like, if you are here because you want to write, then like do that um, and don't necessarily get swept up in the idea that like you need to like get published immediately um i was like when i when i was a first year i had like a couple of short stories written in high school i'd had some stuff that i'd written since i started and i was like sending stuff out to like some literary magazines um and to like sort of like young arts or like scholastic competitions or whatever um and i was like man i have like not received any of these things i must be like a bad writer or whatever um but then i was just like none of that particularly matters because if what I want to do is write, I am like writing things. Um, and I had a conversation again with Michael Pryor uh, a while ago because now I'm in a place where I have like written a bunch of poetry and there's some stuff I genuinely would like to see published. And I was like, what advice do you have when you're like somebody who is like looking to like send stuff out for publication for the first time, etc." And he was like, don't just try and get published to get published <laughs> like have a piece that you really care about and like just submit it to places that you think like you would like to see your work in and if you like get rejected from getting published somewhere or it doesn't work out then fine that is completely okay you have your entire life to like write a thing that will be the first thing that you publish I think there can be just so much pressure in creative writing programs to feel like um, if I want to be a writer, I have to get the validation of a publication credit or I have to get the validation of like being paid for my work before I can consider myself a writer. And I just don't think that's useful. And I think it's better to be like, I am somebody who likes writing and wants to write and that is enough. And once you get to a point where you like have something you really desperately want to like share with a broader audience, then start looking toward that instead of like putting the cart before the horse and like trying to get published so you can reach a broader audience or whatever. Well, thank you both so much for joining me on this episode of The Ramblings. It was uh, really heartwarming to hear all of the like, wonderful advice that you two have for each other and for other McAllister students. Thank you for listening to The Ramblings. Teddy Holt was the anchor. Dalton Green assisted in writing. Anna Chu was the editor. Music is Get Jazz, courtesy of purpleplanet.com. If you're an English major senior and you're interested in being a part of this project, please contact English department at mcallister.edu for more information.